Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz Podcast. Today, I had a great conversation with my friend Donna McPherson, and I recommend that you listen to this. If you're one of those people who has a family history of heart disease or other conditions that have sadly taken family members, you know, the earlier years than really not being able to live a full, long life, uh, I think you should listen to this because it can be overwhelming to think that you might have a genetic predisposition to dying early. And Donna shares her experience and how she has dealt with this with her health, which I think is a super healthy and sustainable, really lifestyle approach to living, you know, your best life and safeguarding your health as much as you can. Hello, Donna. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It is my pleasure, Jill. Thanks for asking me. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the first question I'd like to start off with is just a simple question of what is one thing that you've learned in your lifetime relating to your health, something that's been meaningful to you? Oh, my God. That's such a deep question for me because my family has been plagued with some crisis in the past. I have lost siblings and parents early. So one of the things that I learned is don't take your health for granted. Just um, we have to stay on top of it. If something doesn't feel right, look into it. Your body is supposed to function a certain way. And if it's not, don't take it for granted. Look into it. Okay. And how has that manifested for you? So that sounds like a lesson that you learned early, too early. Really early. My mom passed on when I was 18 and she was 49. And my sister passed when she was 48. And it's all the same thing, hypertension, heart failure. And so I have had seven brothers, in fact, eight brothers, and I have lost one, two, three of them. And it's all related, hypertension, heart failure. And of the few that are left, I say few, it's really five that are left. One just had major surgery last year for aortic valve replacement. Two are on medication. The other two are not here. They're in Guyana. Their lifestyle is different. So I guess they're doing better in terms of that. A lot of it has to do with what you eat and how you move. And and Guyana does not have, you know, as many resources as we have here. So they do a lot of walking, thank God, because it helps. And they are vegetarians, so that helps also. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. also changed my lifestyle. I mean, I don't eat red meat. I try to stay on the lighter side of food. I still can't lose this darn weight, though, but... <laughs> another story altogether. We'll leave that for another topic. (laughs) (laughs) But I do the best I can, you know. Um, You know, I'm in my 60s and they didn't make it to 50. So I'm doing some things differently and it's working for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So were you conscious of that when you were 18, 19, 20? Did you kind of say to yourself, no, no, it took more time? I really became more aware of it when my sister got sick. And then I realized that, oh, my gosh, you know, this is I'm heading in the same direction if I don't make some changes. Hmm. And I wasn't really big on exercises, but I'm exercising, but I'm big on sports. So I took up tennis. I played tennis and I recently took up golf because I I sprained my ankles. So running around on the tennis court wasn't quite working. 
Mm-hmm. But but I believe in moving. I got a Peloton bike, so when I'm at home, but I'm big on walking, sports, and stuff like that. So I I get my movement in. I believe in movement. We have to move. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so one is, why do you think that you prefer sports or walking or just being physically active? Because I enjoy it more. It's more yeah, fun it. for me. So if we can make exercise fun, then it doesn't feel like exercise. It feels like you're just, and I love to dance. So sometimes I would turn on the music, I'm home and I dance. And, you know, moving, you you, you just have to move and find the way that works for you. Yeah, I love that. That's such a big lesson that I always try to convey to people, especially people who haven't been active for a long time. You know, the pressure is real, right? Like, oh, I got to join a gym or I have to walk a mile, you know, five miles a day. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Just find something you enjoy. And I love that. Little things like this desk that I'm sitting here. Sometimes I stand. It's a standing desk. So sometimes I can stand and work. And every now and again, my watch reminds me to stand and I stand and work and then I sit when I'm ready. So things like that that make a difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so... Up until the point that your sister passed away, you were kind of maybe less feeling that, oh, you know, I have to be healthy. What were the changes that you thought you should make? Definitely the way I ate. I did not pay attention. If I wanted something, I would eat it. I would eat late. I was in my 20s then, 20s and 30s. I used to eat what I wanted to eat. I wasn't big on alcohol, but I would just eat and then go to sleep or do whatever. And then I started becoming more aware that that lifestyle is what was leading to this weight problem and then the heart problem and all those stuff. So I changed over 20 years ago, I changed the way I eat mm-hmm. and I see the difference. I usually don't eat white flour products like I may may eat something every now and again, but usually things like pasta, white bread, potatoes, stuff like that. I avoid it or have it in really, really small moderation. Mm-hmm. Is your family originally from Ghana? Guyana. Guyana. I'm sorry. Is your family originally from Guyana? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you feel like your diet is influenced by that? Definitely. Yeah. We eat, in general, Caribbean people eat heavy food. We eat a lot of fresh food, a lot of good food, but it's usually on the heavier side. The only thing that is really different here that really worked in our favor there is we ate her our heaviest meal at midday. Mm-hmm. Here, we have our heaviest meal as dinner. Dinner time, we would have like, we were under the British system. So it was like tea. At night, you have tea with a piece of bread or a biscuit or something. But the heaviest meal was during the day. And then we mm-hmm. did a lot of walking. I used to walk to school. It was like, 30 minute to 45 minute walk to school. We would have like two hour lunch break, two and a half. And so you can walk home, have your lunch, your heavy meal, and then you walk back to school. And so you burn Mm. it, you burn it. Yeah, yeah. So were you born there or did you move here as a child? Oh, I was born there. I was born there. I came here when I was 21. Okay, so your mom, she didn't live in the United States. She lived in Guyana. Oh, no, my mom lived in Guyana, yes. And then when my mom passed, my brother was here. He was in school here. My dad came to visit and never returned. Mm-hmm. And then he asked us to come join him. And, okay. You know, some of us came, some of us didn't. So I'm asking because I'm always interested in 
you know, American food is so processed and, and we don't have, we do have food traditions here. They're mostly farming. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you got a cow, you got a pig, you know, you grow your own food. And so that's sort of the American food tradition. But in other countries around the world, there sometimes are, are much longer, you know, food traditions. Yeah. And a lot of those things are better than what we typically see in the, you know, the current American diet. So that's why I was curious. Yeah, because we, um, most, of, most of the families have their own gardens. So, you know, your mom would send you, go pick some some greens to cook or go pick some eggplant. You know I mean, they have different names for them, but it's pretty much, she would tell you, go get this and you help her chop it up and you cook. And you would go to the fresh fish market, you get fresh fish. Or you would go get a chicken and take care of it mm-hmm. and you cook it. So yeah. everything was pretty much from sea to table or from the farm to the table or garden to the table. Mm-hmm. So there may have been some kind of genetic component there for your mom, I'm, I'm assuming. Yes, I think so. I think there was. Yeah. Yeah. Which was. makes it more for you. Like if you could say, oh, well, you know, those my, my sister, my mom, they didn't eat well at all. And they just didn't take care of Some of it was genetic and some of it was the food, too. Like, um, you know, we used a lot of coconut products, coconut milk. And as much as they said, like, coconut is good for you. Anything could be good for you in moderation, but when you use a lot of it, then it shows up differently in your body. Yeah, yeah. So as you were changing your diet, improving your diet, did you feel different physically? Yeah. Yeah? How, how was that? I felt lighter and less bloated. And even now when I go off and just have a good week and just hang out with friends or vacation, I come back, I have to kind of like purge because I feel bloated, I feel heavier, I feel more lethargic. And I know when I start feeling like that, I have to like shut it down, drink a lot of water. So I'm in a space where I'm feeling a little bloated right now. I got up this morning, I rode the bike, I'm gonna drink water, I'll go for a walk. I know what I should do when I feel like this and I do it. Mm, yeah, and what you're describing I think is the reality of what most people who live a healthy lifestyle is actually that like in Instagram or wherever you see these pictures of these ladies and it's like, Oh, my smoothie. Uh, And it's like, you don't see the reality, the day-to-day life. And I think what you're describing is something that actually we, we shouldn't be striving for this perfection model, but actually this model of, Hey, most of the time, I eat well and I feel better when I do that. And when I don't do it, I'm assuming that you have a nice time. You you know, yeah. you you enjoy yourself. And then you you go, ah, I don't I don't feel so well, so good. So back to reality. Well, yeah. the other thing that happened, Jill, is I went shopping yesterday. I bought this dress. That's my regular size. And I tried it on this morning. I was like, ooh, it's hugging me in places that I don't <laughs> want it to. Now I have two choices. I can take it back and get a bigger size or I can do what I need to do so that it fits me the way it's supposed to. So I chose the latter. Mm. So, yeah. And it sounds like the family history that you have is very emotional, very, it's very sad. And, and I think it impacts you. And that's, that's a motivating factor. 
It is. But I also I also feel like because from in my experience, what I have seen for a lot of people is that those bad experiences or for the individual, let's say someone has a heart attack themselves, mm-hmm. even then, sometimes you'll see their behavior doesn't change. I've, yeah. I've seen this. And so I think it's more it's that plus something else that's motivating you. Yeah, um, it could be this. I don't have any children of my own. Mm-hmm. And so I always think about as I get older, who's going to take care of me? Not that these kids take care of their parents these days. <laughs> <laughs> it's no guarantee. But I have to do what I need to do to stay as healthy as possible. So the chances of me living longer but healthier is what I want. You see what I mean? So yes. And I know that I'm doing the right things to extend my lifestyle beyond the other women in my family. Now I want it to be healthy so that, you know, I do not become, I don't, I don't like the word burden, but I don't want to put this on somebody else when I have an opportunity to take care of it now. I have a friend who is a little heavy also, and I keep saying to him, he's telling me how much he loves his son and he would do anything for him. So I said, then give him this gift. Give him the mm. gift of not having to worry about you or not having to take care of you so he can run his own, live his own life. Take care of yourself. Do what you need to do. See a psychiatrist, a psychologist, whomever you have to see. If it's something that's stopping you from giving this gift to yourself, take care of it. Otherwise, this is the gift you're giving him to take care of you. And you don't want that. And he was like, oh my God, Donna. I went home and I thought about what you said for days. So now he's working on it. That's wonderful. You're you're changing people's lives, Donna, not just with your profession, but with you're an inspiration. And you you're living that too, which I think, you I know, am. you want to get advice from someone who's actually doing these things and knowing that it's not always easy, but you come back. You come it's back. It's not easy. And it's a day by day thing. And sometimes I make a decision one day and it doesn't last the entire day, but I never give up on it. Mm. If I had given up. If I had done whatever I wanted to do, I probably wouldn't be around today because that is the trajectory that I was uh, um, that I was on. Yeah, it's very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing this. I think I think it will resonate with a lot of people. And and I love I again, I really want to emphasize that you had this very powerful motivator, but you also have this day to day reminder of, hey, do I how do I feel? Like when I eat better, I feel better. When I move, I feel better. So I think those two things combined are just very, you know, they're making your life what it is, which is active, healthy, feeling good, happy, productive. Build it into your lifestyle. If you want to cleanse, if you know you cannot keep up a one month cleanse, but you can do one week in the month, then do it one week in the month. And every month you can do a week. If you can only do two days a week, then do two days a week. Don't put this pressure on yourself to mm. do something that you're not going to be able to keep up. Yeah. Because it's about consistency. And then you'll get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're talking about, you know, 20 years ago, starting to make this change in your life and you're still doing it. Why? I'm still doing it. Because it you made it so that you can integrate it into your life. Mm-hmm. It's doable. It's pleasurable. And you also allow yourself to veer off here and there. (laughs) Yes, I have fun. Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Donna. I really appreciate your 
talking with me today. Thank you for having me. Um, I hope that if I'm able to touch one person or encourage one person to look at it as kind of a lifestyle thing rather than something that they must do and they don't feel great about doing it, then it'll make a difference. Yeah, I think absolutely you will. You inspire me. <laughs> you got your one person. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you for listening to that conversation that I just had with Donna McPherson. Donna is a CPA. She is a super sharp lady, and her website is DonnaMcPhersonCPA.com if you want to learn more about her. I just really enjoyed talking to Donna about her journey and, and sort of walking that fine line between being motivated by not wanting to get sick, but also by wanting to feel good. And I think that's the reality of uh, life for a lot of us around our health journeys. If you would like more and to look, looking for more inspiration and information, check out the website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N for work with your nature, W-Y-N weightloss.com and forward slash blog will bring you to the blog where there are lots of articles and you know information and inspiration for you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.